Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky on the night that the Lakers found out they'd be without LeBron James for a little while longer because he's in the health and safety protocols, Andy. The Lakers fall behind by nine at the half playing one of their worst 24 minutes of the season, which says something, against Sacramento and blow the doors off the Kings in the second half. They end up winning by 25, a a fiery halftime speech from Frank Vogel, credited for a lot of that. So plenty to talk about on Locked on Lakers. We'll do that next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or don't need, and you can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. I want to thank everybody as well for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, uh, and particularly, Andy, on a day like today where the Lakers are just drenched in news. Uh, starting with LeBron James and the uh, and his uh, entrance into the health and safety protocols uh, with the NBA, we got a little bit, uh, maybe a tiny bit of clarity on how long he might be out, um, uh, which we'll get to as the show goes on. But they had to play a game tonight, Andy, and um, it looked initially like they were going to lose because man, I- they were flat. It didn't just look, Brian, like they were going to lose this game. They looked like they were going to end up getting embarrassed. In the first half, they played so bad. I was going to say defensively, except their offense was also just The offense was terrible. In fairness, the Kings were due. I guess. (laughs) I guess. They they kept missing. They're not good. They kept missing shot after shot after shot at the rim and then the the kings were they did a really good job sacramento of getting points off laker turnovers the lakers turned the ball over a lot in the first half particularly in the first ten, quarter ten but first all, half turnovers but also too they were just running off every single miss the lakers were not getting back in transition at all almost as if like that was part of the game plan like they were going to tire out sacramento just letting them sprint up and down the court all you know just totally at will like, is that like, like the, they, is that like the the basketball equivalent of the rope dope? Well, I was going to say it's more. It's like you know what you do when your kids are just super hyper and you're trying to get them to settle down. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to let them run all over the place, and then eventually they just sort of collapse. It seemed like that was maybe the plan they had going. Um, their pick and roll defense was oh. just laughably, laughably atrocious, and you could see that Frank Vogel was trying a lot of different things to get it going. He pulled the. We're going to talk about this later in the show. He pulled DeAndre Jordan after just four minutes, uh, putting Dwight Howard into the game. Dwight had a terrific game and made a real case for himself to have more minutes. But he was messing, you know, with a rotation that was already going to get screwed up because of no LeBron, no Avery Bradley, also uh, dealing with a thumb issue. But you could see Frank Vogel was just trying to get something going, and apparently part of the strategy was at halftime. Just lighten their asses up, just screaming at them. Yeah, he player after player talked about about that um, in the post game uh, press conferences that you know he laid into them, and it, it's interesting. Like that can go either way. Um, Frank 
Vogel was as excited, I think, as he had been all year long in any downright chesty after this. He win. was a little bit like chesty uh, about the the way they performed in the second half, and I think it is in part because you know coaches with a team like where the Lakers are, and I, you, you and I, for all the, um for all the talk about uh, you know Vogel's job security and this and that, I have not once claimed that I think the team has quote-unquote quit on Frank Vogel. Um, that said, they, they effort has been an issue. Effort was an issue in the first half. I mean, it was very obviously an issue. And you know, they, Malik Monk said after the game, like, yeah, we were lazy. We weren't moving our feet. We weren't getting back. It was obvious. Um, and when coaches go to that well, of laying into guys, challenging them to, um, you know, as Anthony Davis said, kind of show what kind of team we want to be. There is a risk that they basically just blow you off. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think part of Vogel, particularly if they have any, if they have any sense that you might not be along, uh, long for this ride anyway. Correct. And so I think part of Vogel's, um, enthusiasm after the game was based in the idea that you know they went to this lever and he pulled it and it worked um, because if it doesn't that is a terrible sign not just for him but it's really a terrible sign for the team and the makeup of the uh, of who's out there yeah two things uh, first of all Stu Lance during the third quarter where the Lakers really started to clamp down defensively they held Sacramento to 15 points um the Lakers at this point had pulled ahead by I think two or four points. It wasn't, and, you know what though? I just, I don't think, but it wasn't instant. They didn't come out of the, out of the half and dominate nope. Sacramento. I think was up eight, two in the third quarter before the Lakers finished on a, believe a 35 to seven run, which is um, staggering. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, both for this team and this team without LeBron. That's just a but, hard number to do in the NBA. But Stu said that at this point, the, when they were up by two or up by four, that they were just outworking Sacramento. Mm-hmm which was noteworthy because A, was true. B, how often have you heard either Stu or Billy Mack or Frank Vogel or anybody associated with the Lakers talk about this team outworking the opposition? Like, I mean, that's got to be a handful of times at most this season. Second, I want to know what Frank Vogel sounds like when he's yelling because he's so mild mannered, like he is not easy to picture. Like, does he use a megaphone? <laughs> like, does he have like death metal playing in the background to make it more dramatic? I I want to see Frank Vogel screaming his head off. Oh, like I that. bet I bet Frank can get pretty salty with these guys. Like, I just like, want to see what it looks like. Yeah, you know, it'd be oh, that'd be fun to be there. I'm not lying. I mean, I'm not. That's got to be fascinating. Yeah, that's and not it, who he is. No, it isn't. And I wonder if it's a little bit like, you know, if you have a pretty mild mannered dad, you have a pretty mild like and they don't yell the, the when they do. It's like, oh, you feel like, or you know, always encouraging. And they, all, all they have to say, just I'm just a little disappointed. And you oh, you just you're crushed. Okay. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's quite like that, because I don't I don't think they look at Vogel that way. Um, but I mean, really, <laughs> or should they, he's not their dad. Um, but <laughs> with this team, he's not even that much older than him. Right. It's true. Um, so it's like, but you know, I, I, I think the other part of this game beyond the fact that they responded to this challenge, um, and, and basically got a Sacramento team that isn't good, 
and is right. The, oh my! I mean, like some it, it, our, our our Tom Zayas, uh, you know, who uh, is part of the Lakers exceptionalism podcast, tweeted out like this half feels a little bit like the Kangs are Kangsing more than the Lakers are Lakering. Um, and there is, I guess, a little bit of truth to that. But at the same time, like this is what a good team is supposed to do: is get a bad team to kind of roll it up and pack it in. And I feel like the Lakers badly, badly. I almost thought they were going to get it in Detroit and they, and they ended up giving up a fourth quarter lead against Detroit, I should say. They badly needed a game where they just could dominate another team, roll a bad team out of the building and feel good about themselves. Even if it's over 24 minutes of basketball in Sacramento, this is, I mean, it's, it is an important thing to have these moments where you feel good about yourself. The cliche that people always use is, you know, you, you step on an opponent's neck when you've got them down. This was the first game where it seemed like the Lakers knew where a neck is located on a body. Like, the, like if you put like just, uh, I don't know, a chart out there, like with a, with a human body head to toe, you know, that they can actually I mean, identify like playing, the neck. They've been playing snakes. Snakes don't have necks. <laughs> it's like they can't even find a neck. It's like, where is it? I don't know. But... They they just they didn't give up. Like there was a moment where maybe you know Sacramento gets within like thirteen or fourteen. You're like, oh god, are they gonna? Is this gonna be an eight point game for no reason whatsoever? And it wasn't. They just, you know, they they poured it on. Dwight played well. Malik Monk played well. Anthony Davis played well after a bad first half. Russell Westbrook was great in the second half. Just everything about their energy was outstanding and their effort was outstanding in the final 24 minutes of this game. Uh, Dwight Howard was a big part of that um, and um, may have made a bid to change the way centers are used on this team going forward, even with LeBron out of the lineup. So let's talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Indeed. While there's always going to be a debate between LeBron and Jordan, you really ought to add Kareem in there, but that's another conversation. When it comes to helping you hire all-star talent faster, go the GOAT is Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. Now, Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills that you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Those assessments can, hire, can reduce hiring time by 12%, according to Indeed data worldwide. So get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get, a, again, a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Andy. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. You know what I love? I love Thanksgiving. I, we had a great time with our family. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was nice to eat all that food. But Thanksgiving is over. But you know what's not over, Andy? Treat season. We're in Hanukkah. We've got Christmas coming up. There's all the parties. You're going to say your waste. Well, yeah. I mean, but um, this is that's what I'm getting at, to be honest with you. But like, so like, it's desserts are everywhere. But if you, and if you're like me, you got a sweet tooth. It's hard to resist them. So here's an idea: mix in a built bar here and there because they're sweet. 
They're delicious. They're chewy. They kind of satisfy that urge. But what they don't have, Andy, is all those calories and all that sugar. In fact, most Built Bars, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and they've got a lot of protein, which keep you full. And mm-hmm. if you're going to be somebody like me who's blasting his quads out at the gym, you get mm-hmm. yoked at the same yeah. time. Uh, this body doesn't just happen. This is a Built Bar kind of thing. Um, so replace your coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar instead of a raspberry uh, pie of, of some sort. You get a raspberry built bar, low calorie, low carb, <laughs> low fat things of that nature. For example, a raspberry pie, <laughs> raspberry pies and things of that nature. They're covered in 100 percent real chocolate built is a great option for when you're hungry. Um, all these holiday parties. You need something so that you just don't go YOLO on them every single time you show up. Treat yourself a little bit, but not too much. Um, And by the way, uh, if you go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your order. That's uh, LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And then everybody, Andy, can have Built Bars for Christmas. That was just my editorially a suggestion is like you could give people built bars for for Christmas for Hanukkah and things like that by using that promo code, just little stocking stuffers. Um, Do it for Hanukkah. You better get on it, man. We're already halfway through. That's true. (laughs) Thing flies by. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Uh, Frank Vogel had made it pretty clear that um, they really do want to lean into the small. We're going to get to LeBron. I know the the. uh, LeBron has COVID is is big news, and we haven't forgotten. We're going to talk about it, I promise. Um, but the you know the Lakers go with um, DeAndre Jordan starting, and had told Dwight Howard that he was not going to play because Vogel had said we're really only going to try to play one of these guys. We want to play as small as we can when we're able to, and um, only one of those guys on any given night is probably going to play. And Vogel, by the way, is really good with telling players when they're not going to play, mm-hmm. which is something that they really appreciate, even if yes. it's not what they want to be told. Guys like knowing what their role is going to be in every game, even if that role is be a really good teammate cheering everyone on. So uh, DJ plays four minutes. They were four very poor minutes for both him and the team. And uh, Vogel changes the script and goes with Dwight Howard who ended up playing 35 minutes, which is just an extraordinary amount for any center on this team who isn't Anthony Davis, um, and played easily his best game of the season. Um, He's not going to play 35 minutes a night going forward, but I think there is now a very good chance that if only one of those guys is going to play, that that guy might be Dwight Howard and not DeAndre Jordan, at least on Friday against... um, the Clippers. Yeah, I thought it was really significant that Vogel ended up flipping the script like this because, you know, he's in a place right now where obviously you got to be fluid with what you're doing. You know, when you're talking about a team that has had a very difficult time uh, sustaining anything resembling momentum. But at the same time, you you want to be systematic about what you're doing, because the only way you can actually try to get it to work is through repetition that he was willing to and looking to abandon that part of the game plan so quickly and then stuck with it as long as he did. It's not like DeAndre Jordan went back in to start the second half. He didn't play Mm -hmm. at all from there. So that to me speaks to, if nothing else, Vogel must be considering whether or not this change could be helpful. He talked after the game about how with pick and roll coverage, in particular uh, Dwight, 
knows the things that they're supposed to be doing because he's got familiarity, uh, having played for this team and for Frank Vogel just a couple seasons ago. Um, as a friend Darius Soriano joked on Twitter, uh, Vogel under his breath, breath must have been thinking, uh, we like to defend it. <laughs> That's one of the things that we actually look to do is defend the pick and roll. Um, but also, too, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this was with with Avery Bradley, who, again, did not play tonight because of this thumb issue, you had actually asked Vogel about the rationale for Bradley in that starting lineup because the advanced numbers on him with that group are terrible. And Vogel is not an ignore the analytics type of coach. He actually really pays attention to this stuff. But right, he I mean, he's, said he's that, not Kenny Atkinson, but he he does pay attention. Yes. And he, he said that he takes that with a grain of salt because he believes that Avery Bradley's energy and intensity and the attention to details and the desire in particular to play really good defense, he thinks is infectious, but if nothing else offsets some of the other issues, you can agree or disagree with Vogel. We both happen to disagree, but that rationale could be just as easily applied to Dwight versus DeAndre Jordan. And the difference being you have to play one or the other of them. Like unless you are going to commit to Anthony Davis starting at the five, which the Lakers can't do right now, especially without LeBron, but really without Ariza back either. One of the two has to play. Right. You're, you're, or you're, and then you, the, the alternative there is you go from Anthony Davis at the five and leaning into hyper small lineups for the rest of the game. Right. It's, it's just not practical. One of the two is going to play. But you and I have both maintained that I don't think it necessarily matters that much which one does. But if something in terms of the results that we've seen this season, but if Vogel is looking for something just like energy and determination and that type of just mindset and vibe, you're going to get that more from Dwight than DeAndre. Again, results in a separate category. Like well, that's but more of what Dwight does. The also too is like the, the results matter if somebody's going to play like this. Like, you know, the, the, the part of the reason that both of us have maintained that there hasn't been a huge difference between Dwight and, and DJ is because there hasn't been that big a difference between Dwight and DJ. Dwight has been low key, not very good. He's just not an avatar for everything that people see as wrong with the way that the rotation has operated. Um, you know, Dwight is he's fouling a lot. The impact on defense hasn't been there, you know, all, like, and it's. I think he's been marginally better, but he also probably works better with the second unit than the first because he is a better defender. And if you're if you're looking for somebody who can help support a a lesser group defensively, Dwight does that better than Jordan does. If 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 Howard plays like he did on Tuesday for 15 to 20 minutes a night going forward, he's going to bury Jordan on the bench because he was way better. He was a plus 27. He had 12 rebound, uh, 13 rebounds, 12 points, five of seven from the floor, two block shots, you know, screens all over the place were very effective. A lot of, you know, t ball taps keeping the, he, he I was, was going to say, really he worked good. so hard on the boards, just keeping the ball alive. He, he, absolutely worked his ass and off. I think, and I think, I mean, I, I listened to him talk to Mike Trudell, you know, the Lakers sideline reporter after the game, and I, I think the idea that he wasn't thinking he was going to get in the game and then did, he was like, oh, okay, here's my chance. Here is my opportunity to kind of flip this around a little bit 
and and earn myself more playing time. I think, you know, Dwight always at least tries to play with some energy, uh, to say the least, sometimes too much. Um, but he I, I think that channeled into his most effective play, this this opportunity being in front of him. The other big thing, he played 35 minutes. He had four fouls. Um, he has done that in five minutes, let alone 35 <laughs> Um, in many of his stints this year, which I think is a big reason he hasn't been starting is he is so foul prone these days that you really do risk screwing up your rotations by playing a starting center who picks up three fouls in four minutes. Um, And so if he can not foul and play with this kind of energy, then he really, I mean, then he's going to play. Yeah. Um, We'll see what happens Friday, but I mean, he's going to play. It's going to be really interesting to see where it goes from here. But if nothing else, he made himself a really strong case to be out there again to be that one true center who's going to be in the rotation. I mean, he he just uh, yeah. he played terrific. Let's um let's let's make sure we we uh, talk about Malik Monk on Thursday show because he got a couple off days you know before the Lakers play the Clippers on Friday, um, and Monk was outstanding. Uh, on Tuesday, particularly again, like a lot of these guys, in, over the second half of the game. But we should get to, I think, Andy, LeBron James uh, is in the COVID protocols. It feels like important news um, with some downstream impact. So uh, we'll do all of that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online, back better than ever with a new web interface for the basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. So head to the new Updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive said bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the games start. Um. So real quick note on on just where things stand right now in the Western Conference and how insane it is right now. I'm not going to say this two-game winning streak uh, over uh, Detroit and Sacramento elevates the Lakers back up near the top of the conference in terms of the quality of play. Uh, But if you are looking at the standings, and everybody is, um, the Lakers are now currently in a four-way, essentially a four-way statistical tie with Dallas, the Grizzlies, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, and the Blazers for seeds four through ten, there's a half game separating those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. So, uh, to say the least, Andy, the middle of the Western Conference is bunched up a little bit. Um, LeBron on Tuesday, it was announced, entered the league's health and safety protocols. He is going to obviously miss Tuesday's game. He is almost certainly going to miss Friday's game. How long he is going to miss depends on a few factors, one of which is whether or not he's symptomatic. Um, Anthony Davis seemed to say after the game, and he is not a doctor. I do not know how close to LeBron's symptoms he is, um, that he thought that LeBron was asymptomatic. Well, he's repeated he is, LeBron told him. Okay, so that's that's good. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't think Anthony Davis went over there and made a house call. No, but like you understand, <laughs> you understand my point. Like it's, we, I, I I don't know if there's like an official Doctor Brown. 
Look, Pau Gasol was basically a doctor. Why can't Anthony <laughs> you, Davis be a doctor? Well, because Pau was set up to go to medical school. That's I mean, you, the difference. Uh, all I'm trying to say is I don't have like an official confirmed report from someone saying AD that called up James is AD called up Palenka and Adam Silver. Look, I took a look at LeBron. I think he's good. <laughs> Gave him a once-over. <laughs> I didn't see a single symptom. I think I he can the, play. I did the thing where I tapped his knee with that little hammer. And yeah. His knee went, we it did the thing. Um, if he is asymptomatic, uh, and does, you know, he could come back within 10 days, uh, if he shows two consecutive negative COVID tests separated by 24 hours. So I'm sure LeBron is just going to instantly start taking a lot of tests. Um, so, you know, like Joel Embiid missed three weeks. Jakob Pertl missed, I think close to two, uh, with, with San Antonio. That doesn't necessarily mean that LeBron is going to miss time if he doesn't develop symptoms. Um, and miss that much time, I should say, if he doesn't develop symptoms. But we also know that everybody hand, you know, everybody's impacted by the virus in a different way. So hopefully it is a shorter absence than longer. The Lakers do benefit here. They do not have a lot of games over the next two weeks. They only play five more times between now and the 12th, um, which isn't that many. So if he does miss a week or two, I guess this is as decent time as any, but man alive, the Lakers can't catch a break. Well, I mean, I guess if you're trying to go glass, I don't know, a third full, uh, or I guess it'd be three quarters full by the standards of this season, the way the schedule lays out for them is a massively lucky yeah. break. Like if, if you're going to have LeBron James end up in the protocol, this is about as good a time as you can have it happen. Um, I thought it was really interesting the way Anthony Davis, uh, you know, he was talking about the concern that he has for LeBron. They're they're beyond teammates. They're really close friends, but also just how this is scary for these guys. You know, mm -hmm. he he I I didn't hear Joel Embiid say this, but Anthony Davis said that Embiid thought that he was in a really bad place yeah. when he had he, he was out for three weeks. Joel right. Embiid was legit sick with COVID right. and, and like, absolutely. And, and AD talked about how with, you know, the new variants and we're dealing with one right now, like the, even if you are vaccinated and you know, the Lakers have said they, they are 100% vaccinated. LeBron has said that he is vaccinated. He talked, um, about this, you know, and, and I thought it was really interesting too. I couldn't help, but think about how he, he had mentioned and acknowledged that he was kind of reluctant about the vaccine in the beginning and he had some questions about it and some concerns but ultimately decided that this is what was best for him best for his family I think unspoken best for the Lakers he's got to feel pretty fortunate right now that he decided to get vaccinated you know that's the case you know given what's happened right now because the Whatever his symptoms end up being, however long he ends up away from the team, the odds greatly favor that it would be longer and a lot more difficult were he not vaccinated. So well, yeah, I, I'm sure he feels else, pretty protocols, I think, demand 10 days. Sure. If you are plus 10 days right. plus. Right. But I'm, are, I'm talking, I'm talking even beyond what the NBA demands of you. I'm just talking about what he might actually be going through. Right. How, how sick you get. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm sure he must feel very happy that he ultimately made that decision, even with some of that wariness. Yeah. Um, it's, 
You know, so I mean, my, my assumption is that LeBron will ultimately be okay. I mean, statistically speaking, most people who have COVID are okay. Now, it is different. Um, there is a recovery time. I mean, we, even beyond like what we saw last year with Marcus Saul or something like that, you know, guys don't always bounce back instantly from even mild cases of COVID. But hopefully, LeBron, yeah, if he it is, lingered is with Dennis Schroeder for a while, you can yeah. tell. And, you know, if, if perhaps LeBron is, in fact, asymptomatic and stays that way, maybe that's different. But, I mean, I don't know, Andy. Um, but in, in terms of the, of, the, of the impact here, it's just a, it's a, if he misses three games, four games, five games, whatever it is, like at this point we kind of know what it is when LeBron doesn't play. But it's another one of these things that gets in the way of the Lakers trying to figure out what they are, who they are, how they can build together and all that. I think it's very encouraging. The Lakers came out and blew the doors off of, of again, a bad Sacramento team in the second half um, because they have not been good when LeBron doesn't play four and seven coming into tonight's game. Um, but Alex Regla at silver screen and roll broke it down in what I thought was a really interesting way. Um, he noted that the Lakers on the year, their most used lineup has 108 possessions together. That's the most used lineup, 108 possessions. That's not very much 23 games into the season. 18 other teams have lineups with over 300 possessions. The Phoenix Suns, who um, won again on uh, on Tuesday. And now Despite Devin Booker getting hurt and leaving the game. Right. So their, their win streak's up to 17 now. Um, they have... 578 possessions from their starting five, 470 more than the Lakers most used group this year, 470 possessions uh, with their most used group versus the Lakers. And so again, it's just, it's, it's an outstanding way that Alex broke that down in terms of quantifying what it means to have this little continuity at his disposal for Frank Vogel and and all that. And so, yeah, it is not surprising sometimes when these guys play like they've never met each other. <laughs> you know, you said before that they, they have not had an opportunity, Brian, to figure out who they are. And this situation with LeBron is only adding one more obstacle in that. But there is an opportunity for them if they really – put their minds to it and really focus and really pay attention to all the details and really try to bring out the best versions of themselves to, to do a better job figuring out who they are, to actually come closer to knowing that because they have no other choice. Like they have to play towards the top of whatever they can do in order to just get through this patch without LeBron. I mean, however, well, with the effort, games, with the effort and the intensity of yes. the second half of Tuesday's game. Yeah. And, and like to use the word that we've used before, Andy, to use the, the humility of playing like a team that can't succeed if they don't outwork their opponent. They, you know, they're not the Suns. They're not the, you know, the, the, the nets. They're not one of these teams that can kind of turn it on for 15 minutes and expect to win. And that's, that's humility. They, this team has been lucky at times to turn it on for three minutes. But again, this this is it's an opportunity that may come to them just out of sheer necessity. If you want to label it desperation, fine, whatever. There is an opportunity to fine-tune a lot of that stuff because if you can make it happen without LeBron, it's only going to be that much easier when he's actually back. The puzzle is going to start making a little more sense if you can do it now when he eventually returns. Yeah, so... Um, 
at, at the very least, the Lakers, in the face of some really bad news and discouraging news, are just like, come on, can we please? That's what Davis basically says. Like, you just can't catch a break. It's like he's he's going to be okay, and but like, god damn, can we catch a break, please? Um, they 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 come back from Sacramento feeling good about themselves and have a couple days to prepare for it was going to be a very intense game with an equally kind of battered Clippers team on Friday that everybody's going to be paying attention to. So uh, a lot to look forward to this weekend, a lot to look forward to uh, over the next couple of days. We, we didn't get a chance to talk about Monk. We didn't get a chance to talk about THT, um, who is quickly becoming a topic in, I would say, not so encouraging ways, Andy. Um, and, and what we might see going forward, what's available to Frank Vogel and the Lakers. So uh, plenty to look forward to over the course of the rest of this week. I want to thank everybody again for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Make another Locked On podcast your second listen. Uh, get ready for the Clippers game on Friday. We listen to Locked On Clippers. And of course, uh, subscribe to Locked On Lakers on YouTube. We'll see everybody on Thursday.